He put on a damn good show. I'll give him that much. Here we go. Jim Davis Show on Colorado Sports Leader, the team. Nine o'clock. Thanks for joining us, Jim, along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. Most trusted name in automobiles. Are your predictions for Wild Card Weekend or Super? Excuse me, Super Wild Card Weekend. Super Wild Card Weekend. Super. Super. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Thank you, character from South Park. You're welcome. All right, so we're trying to track down Ryan Harris. We were unable to make that happen with Mark Johnson yesterday. Of course, Mark was out in Cal doing basketball and kind of expected us West to, Coast. You know, have a Ryan hoping or hoping to have Ryan Harris on. Started at right tackle with the Broncos, Super Bowl 50. Works for Westwood One, Notre Dame Network as well. So hopefully we'll be able to make that happen I gave him our uh, station callback number so if he oh okay I I have to tell you something that <laughs> impacts our broadcast today uh oh uh Shadron State they moved their game times up I just went to, to when 4.30 and 6.30 and that would be today I think let's see let's, let's check the time because uh, it had a as it is 12 today, their times, I think, are the same time that we are. I think we're in, we're in the same time zone, so it's not. Uh, I believe that is correct, the time zone thing. Because I just went to their website and saw this on there, posted today, that games are going to be at uh, 4.30 and 6.30. Okay. Um... Thanks for the heads up. I'm glad I saw that on there. Yeah. So um, anyway, so if you're listening to Maverick Basketball today, it's going to be earlier, 4.30 and 6.30 instead of uh, 5.30 and 7.30. Okay. Can we, I, I mean, not that I don't trust you. Can we get a 100 double, triple percent confirmation well, you, on that there? Or? I'm kind of in the middle of something here. Not, I mean, I'm not <laughs> you right wanna, now. If you, wanna, just, you, wanna, I, you wanna text Dave Yonke and confirm I, that? I will. Uh, I'm more than, no, because that's that's what I'm seeing on their website that's posted today. Let's see. Uh, see. I, and it doesn't have, I didn't see a time on when they posted it. No, well, yeah, that's... Did you go to the Mesa site? Is that what it's saying um, there? The Mesa site says men at 6.30, so that would be indicative of... A time change. A time change. Okay. Okay. So... Well, here four, we are then. 4.30 and 6.30 So Mesa basketball four today. 4.15 pregame today on the Team Sports ex ex Network. Exactly. So a little, little, little bit earlier today. Dave Collins, that does the games for Shadron State, uh, he'll have the call for us uh, coming up uh, later on today. So uh, trying to track down Ryan Harris... Uh, not going to be able to contact Ryan at this point in time. I'm going to 
try them again if you want to if you want to vamp. Sure, I'm gonna I'm gonna back some text here, but I appreciate the person who who coaches here in the valley uh, that, that sent a very long text. And once again, I it's you have to make people need to make the decision about their kids and whether they want them to play football at a younger age. I, I just think that you know that's that's something that the parents need to be given the right to make that decision and not be told by, like I said, in California, they're trying to pass a, a law that would ban tackle football under the age of 12. And there's certainly a place for, for flag football and things like that. I think for, for kids that are, are, are younger, maybe five, six years old, flag football probably seems like an appropriate place to start. I just think it's, I just, I, I just really have an issue with the decision or with the plan to tell parents, we don't, we think this sport is too dangerous for your kid to play at this age. Let's have a problem with that. And like Eric and Cedar Ridge, you know, said, you know, gymnastics, it's dangerous. Young kids do that. Cheerleading. I, I just think that this is a, this is a, ba- it's a bad path and it's n- not something that I, I, it's something I hope doesn't gain traction across the country because no state has done this to this point. In California, it's still not a done deal. They still have to get it passed uh, through the House and their Senate by the end of this month. All right. Um, got one from unnamed texter. I know this is off topic about what you guys talking about, but why have the Rockies not made any moves this offseason? They're one of the only teams not to go after any free agents. You would think our record last year, they'd be trying to bring in some new talent. I know the Rockies are one of the top 15 spending, but it doesn't mean they spend the money wisely. It's frustrating as a Rockies fan. Uh, texture, you, you're echoing some of the things, at least from, you know, the, they spend money. People say the Monforts are cheap. And I've, I've said this almost ad nauseum that the Dick Monfort is cheap. He's not cheap. They're usually in the top 15 in payroll. They gave a hundred and what? $82 million to Chris Bryant. I'm just telling you that they're, they're, the focus of, of Dick Monfort's more about the party deck and about the amenities and about McGregor Square and all those other things. The atmosphere. It's not. It's not about. It's not about the baseball team. No. And I think they feel like with the, with the young players that they have, Britton Doyle, Nolan Jones, the young guys. We've got really good young guys. We don't need to go out and get guys. Yes, they do. Pitching especially. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. It is frustrating when you see other teams make big, big moves and the Rockies do nothing, do absolutely nothing. All right, so text or call us, 970-242-1340. Jim along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. And uh, coming up in just a moment, we're going to talk with, uh, with Ryan Harris, former uh, member of the Broncos, Super Bowl 50 team. And uh, we'll have that in just a moment on the program. And uh, actually, right now, I had to make something work here and to finish up something <laughs> that I had not finished yet. So, time to bring on Ryan Harris, works for Westwood One Notre Dame Network, also a member of the Broncos Super Bowl 50 championship team. Ryan, always a pleasure. Great to speak with you, man. Jim, great to be with you this Friday morning, brother. Let's start off with uh, the news that, that, that broke the last couple of days uh, before we get to the Broncos and everything that's going on with the Broncos right now. Nick Saban steps down. Uh, his good friend, uh, Bill Belichick, parts company with the, uh, the New England Patriots. So a couple of coaching legends uh, 
maybe going different directions, maybe the same direction. Maybe Belichick decides to do what his friend is doing and, and retire. But uh, give me your take on Belichick and Saban both uh, stepping down or in the case of the Patriots, uh, parting company after 24 years and six Super Bowl championships. We'll start with, you know, Bill Belichick, Hall of Fame coach, and, you know, really just an incredible career, 24 years, six titles, all those things. And he is, what we've seen the last couple seasons from Bill Belichick is what he showed before he had Tom Brady. Look, he got fired from the, from the Browns when he was the coach there because they couldn't cut it. And now without Tom Brady, the hard, fear-based coaching that he uses just simply doesn't work. So um, it was a necessary change in New England. But I also think with the hiring of Gerard Mayo early this morning, because he had fixed a contract before the season, putting in a stipulation he would be the head coach, I think this has been in the plans for a longer time than people think. And for Bill Belichick, it's just a different age with kids, with the, with the young people coming in. I mean, he hasn't been able to keep his first-round picks on the roster he has not been able to develop Mac Jones, who how do you win a national championship in college and then you can't play football in the pros? So there were issues there, and I think the voice had just run out, and that style of coaching has run out. And I think Nick Saban found that same thing, even saying himself, if I was younger, I'd probably be better. He doesn't have the energy and the, the that it takes to coach and lead young players this year, even though he got to the college football playoffs. I think you're seeing two older coaches realize the game is different and they don't have the tools and and Saban also made the reference too that you know his health has been well well not uh you know it's it's not been a case where he's been in the hospital a lot or anything's like anything like that but he is 72 and his his health is not uh uh you know not where it once was and his stamina is not where it once was and that's why he's decided to to retire do you think Belichick will go to some place like the Chargers or the Falcons or do you think he's going to follow what is you know, the foot in the footsteps of his friend Nick Saban and go, okay, this is it. Incredible career. I'm not going to be the, the all-time winningest coach in, in league history, but I'm, I'm a first ballot Hall of Famer and just go, okay, I'm done. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what uh, Nick does. We'll go to the Bahamas and hang out. I think Saban is done. I, I do not think Bill Belichick is done. Now, I think Belichick will take a year and go, you know, go to the coast and see family and things like that. And by the way, Jim, uh, Bill Belichick, one of the highest requested speakers on the speaker circuit, and he's one of the best because he shows people what he shows his players, who he does like, uh, the type of person and leader that he is. But there are too many head coaching jobs. I look at a place like Carolina, uh, the Chargers. I mean, those are two places where, you know, you're going to have an opportunity to to build and establish a culture. But that takes years. And for Belichick, how much more money do you need? And at the same time, you know, anytime Belichick leaves the pages and is going to coach somewhere else, it's like Montana playing for the Chiefs. Yeah, we remember it, but that's not what we want to remember about that NFL great. And going farther back, Johnny United's going to the Chargers and yeah. his career ending in a very, very sad fashion with the, the San Diego Chargers. Ryan Harris with us today on the Team Sports Network. You mentioned coaches like a Belichick that don't connect with, with younger players. Can we say the same about Sean Payton, though Sean Payton's not Bill Belichick's age. He's, he's quite a bit younger. But are we, are we, do you have a similar situation with Sean Payton and, and the relationship he has with Broncos players? We do not have the same similar situation with Payton. And Marvin Mims Jr. says hello, right? Uh, Patrick Sertan says hello. Uh, Justin Simmons says hello. So these are players who have responded. Uh, Javante Williams, Jaleel McLaughlin. And for, for me, what's tough with everything that's happened with the Broncos the biggest thing people forget is you really had no tight end the entire year. I mean, how many other teams in the NFL didn't have a tight end? 
Greg Dolchich is injured, but you really don't another, have another pass-catching threat. And, oh, by the way, that was the biggest security blanket for any quarterback, especially Russell Wilson. You think about the career of Will Disley, an unknown tight end who all of a sudden came to prominence because of Russell Wilson. They just didn't have that. So I believe Sean Payton can reach young players. He has reached young players on this Broncos team, and he needs more talent uh, around, across the board on offense to be successful. Take us through your thoughts on, on the Russell Wilson situation and how that was handled or improperly handled. Well, I understood from just a scheduling standpoint, with two games left, you wanted to create a spark. I, I get that. And the strange part is they're going to have to pay Russell Wilson $80 million if they just release him. So that's going to be a dead cap hit, and that's going to be something where if you're Russell Wilson, you now do want out. You want to go to a place like Atlanta, or you want to go to a place like the Commanders to give yourself an opportunity. Um, but it was just a, a strange and a seemingly unnecessary thing for the, the Broncos to do, for Sean Payton to call. And even stranger, Jim, is asking a player to take a $37 million, take $37 million off the table or they're not going to play. I mean, there's some issues there with labor law that the Broncos might get into. But more importantly now, Sean Payton, as a leader, has put all the pressure on himself. I think he wants it that way. Uh, but it's going to be very difficult to find a quarterback with the salary cap constraints and the lack of draft picks that the Broncos have. Brian Harris, a uh, member of the Broncos Super Bowl 50 championship team, uh, Westwood One, and also uh, Notre Dame Football Network joining us today on the Team Sports Network. M- my take has been you, what you saw from Rush this year is what you've seen, and like you mentioned, lack of a tight end. I mean, there's been there's a lack of some talent around Russell Wilson. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But the numbers you saw from Russ this year is what you've seen from him in, in, in pretty much average years in Seattle. And, and so to me, you're getting exactly what most what most of Broncos country wanted was Russell Wilson when when he was successful in Seattle. And, and so I guess I just don't I don't understand what I, I understand the money. I understand that maybe Russell Wilson doesn't fit what Sean Payton wants in terms of a rhythm passer and things like that doesn't fit what what he feels like he needs in a quarterback. But in terms of production, Russell Wilson's numbers better than any quarterback the Broncos have had in quite some time. His numbers are on par with what he has traditionally done considered an upper-tier quarterback, I guess I'm just, I I guess is the relationship just that bad between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson? It's unclear. It must be. I mean, look, Russell Wilson, even missing the last two games right now, has thrown for more touchdowns than Lamar Jackson, Matthew Stafford, Jalen Hurts, and C.J. Stroud. I mean, what, I mean, your top 10 in touchdowns, you got a high completion percentage of 66%. I mean, that's what I mean by who are you going to get to beat that? What do you want, 69% completion percentage? I mean, he's got one less touchdown than Patrick Mahomes on this season. So it's just a difficult situation that's hard to grasp from the outside, not knowing what's going on in, in, in the locker room. It just feels like, while well, they, they won eight games this year, and they were in the playoff hunt, you know, obviously deep into the season, into, into Christmas, you know, Christmas Eve and everything. It just, uh, Ryan, it feels like it's now steps backward, not steps forward. Well, and, and think about this for any of us. What would we feel like if your boss didn't want you it was said, hey, if you don't do this for me in your contract, you're not going to work. Yeah. I mean, Russell Wilson operated like that for a long time. <laughs> you know, so to, to think that Russell Wilson was still productive with as much noise off the field going on as there was is it, really remarkable. So this is a big test for this Broncos organization, and, uh, and it's a test that was thrust upon because of the decisions of uh, Sean Payton. And uh, we're going to find out what the plan is because all of us are saying, what's the plan here, Sean? What's yeah, the plan? Absolutely. And, and I agree. I mean, Russ did a, did a, what a, 
what a great job of just tuning out all that stuff out. I mean, a lot of people, that would have got to them. It didn't with him. He just kept playing. He just kept plugging away. And, I mean, a lot of credit, I think, has to be given to Russell Wilson for for tuning out what was a major distraction and something that would have, you know, ticked most of us off at our, at our boss and, and our performance wouldn't have been that great. I, I guess when you look at, first off, if, you, if you're picking and you're the Broncos now at number 12, what direction do you go with the 12th pick in the draft? Well, you have to go quarterback. I mean, unless you have a, unless between now and at some point in the future, Sean Payton repairs the, the bridge that was burned with Russell Wilson, you need a quarterback. So uh, the good news is, is there's a ton of draft, draft depth at that quarterback position in the 2024 draft this year. I look at a guy like Cameron Ward, a player who would be there at 12, super high to pick him that, that high, but still somebody who can give you um, some thrill. I mean, I've seen Caleb Williams three, three different games that I've called Jim at quarterback. He's not the guy. He is short. He's erratic as a passer. He's pouty with his body movements and stuff. It's just, it's not the kind of leader you want to bring in. Uh, Drake May is going to be gone before the Broncos even get a chance. Maybe Jaden Daniels is available at 12, but if you're the Broncos and you need a quarterback, you're calling the Houston, you're calling the Chicago Bears, excuse me, and saying, hey, what kind of deals can we make? Maybe you get a Bo Nixon late. Uh, I think Michael Penix will go before him, but that could be something that's available. So you're looking, if you're the Broncos, at Cameron Ward, Michael Penix, Jaden Daniels, if you're lucky, and Bo Nix. And either way, those rookies are going to have to learn the NFL. And I know C.J. Stroud has people believing every rookie can do it, but let me tell you, Jim, they can't. So it's going to be a tough situation either way. And I know from talking to players who played for Sean Payton, he runs an old-school offense, that Parcells offense that has long play calls, tons of shifts. It's going to be very hard for a quarterback to get used to that coming from the college game. Ryan Harris with us today on the Team Sports Network. One final thing about Russ. The comment was made by George Payton that the, the door is still open for Russ to return. Are you, how much are you buying that? Oh, I'm buying that. Look, this is a, if you look at what was actually said, Sean Payton just talked about making a spark for the team. And anybody watching, happy for Jared Stidham to go one and one, but he just wasn't the same quarterback that Russell Wilson was. So the door is open because the team is going to have to eat $80 million either way. But if you're Russell Wilson, how do you come back? I mean, I, I know from talking to people close to him, he was very frustrated with the situation but maintained a positive attitude. And if you're him, you don't want to stick around in, in, a, in a perceivably a town that doesn't like you and a coach that doesn't like you, especially when you have a little bit of football left to play in your career. So absolutely, I buy the door still open. I buy that for about $80 million, Jim. We'll see how... <laughs> how uh, the diplomacy of Sean Payton works in the offseason. We're talking with Ryan Harris, Westwood One, and former Denver Broncos offensive lineman. Ryan, getting back to the draft real quick, when it comes to if the Broncos do ultimately decide to part ways with Russ and draft a quarterback in the first round, maybe they make a move to go up from 12 to a top five pick. Would you, Ryan Harris, take either Bo Nix or Michael Penix Jr.? I take I take Bo Nix, and this breaks my heart to say because I love Michael Penix yeah. Jr. I think he's the guy. I think he's the most pro ready guy. But I'll tell you, Bo Nix has a lightning arm, and he is quick in passing the football. But what people don't know is that I've seen when broadcasting his game against USC, he's looking to the sidelines for plays, and that's not what happens in the NFL. So I'm not sure Bo Nix has called a play the last two years 
of his college experience, has far more, far better health overall than Michael Penix Jr. who's had to overcome two knee surgeries. Um, but this is something where if you can get a Bo Nix, I mean, that's a great player. And, and look, look, look also, J.J. McCarthy's available, national champion. That could be a player as well who catches the eye of Sean Payton. Let's go back to your, let's go to your stock and trade the offensive line, which started the, the same offensive line group with the exception of that final game with the Raiders with McGlinchey going out with the rib injury. What, what do you see the line looking like in 2024? Give me kind of your evaluation of what you saw this year now that we have a full season of the book of that, that offensive line of McGlinchey and Powers, Cushenberry, uh, Quinn Miners, and, and Garrett Bowles. Look, the line's going to look different next year, and it needs to. They gave up the sixth most sack yards in the NFL this year. At one point, Russell Wilson was under pressure 41% of his throws. I mean, let's be clear. Ben Powers had a bad year. He had a bad year for being a marquee free agent coming over with that big money. He made too many mistakes at too many moments throughout the season. I think Garrett Bowles continued to be, uh, you know, above average in his play. And look, no one else gets to be above average in the NFL. And the greater issue is that you have a Jerry Judy who's, who can get you two catches for 50 yards, but can also drop you two catches for 90 yards. And you've got no other receiver really outside of Cortland Sutton. You need speed at receiver and you need it now. And arguably, wide receivers a bigger need than quarterback for the Broncos, specifically given the comments of George Payton. So tomorrow, it's Super Wild Card Weekend with Westwood One right here on the team all weekend long. The, this weekend, Ryan, the upset that you see happening will be which game, which team? The Steelers versus the Bills. Look, the Bills, the, the Dawkins, their tackle is out. Gabe Davis is out, star receiver, who is a huge piece of of the success of that Bills offense. You also have a neck issue being suffered by uh, Josh Allen. And look, the Steelers are down. T.J. Watt, I get that. They're also getting back. Minka Fitzpatrick. And look, I'm going to cheer on Mason Rudolph as long as it can be. And for some reason, Jim, it's crazy to me how we're penalizing head coach Mike Tomlin for winning. The only coach, apparently, who people are unhappy with, even though he goes to the playoffs. So, this is going to be a, uh, an upset. I also think that the Texans beat the Browns. The one thing people don't talk about with Joe Flacco is he's had eight picks in five games, and that defense for the Houston Texans is as good as their offense, who, oh, by the way, has Nico Collins coming off of a 195-yard receiving game. So I got those two, guys, those two teams winning on Saturday. All right, so what does the schedule look like for you? Man, I got some serious XM work, some CBS work, but fortunately, Jim, I get to spend wild card weekend at home for the first time in a few years. My son's getting into card collecting, so uh, the card shop near us is having a little pizza and card night, so he's going to take his little binder and meet some friends that like cards, too, and I'll just be sitting there eating pizza, watching TV. Sounds right. fun to me. You got to love that little family time, football time for Ryan Harris this weekend, a little downtime. That's always good. Hey, Ryan, always appreciate the time. Thank you so much. I always appreciate the insight and the knowledge. And uh, hope the New Year's off to a great start for you and your family. Always great to be with you, Jim. And Merry New Year, my friend. Have a good one. Now, you take care. Ryan Harris. Yeah, take care, Ryan. Happy New Year to you, sir. And always appreciate Ryan Harris coming on the program, talking with us. Uh, in his experience starting at, of course, was a former Steeler, so a little bit of uh, still love for his one-time franchise. So, according to uh, the latest weather reports, winter storm watch has been issued for the Bills-Steelers game for the National Weather Service. Wind gusts, 65 miles per hour. Ooh. And over a foot of snow, travel will be difficult to impossible, one source says. 
So, um, yeah, <laughs> there's that. There's also the minus 30 wind chill in Kansas City where the Dolphins and Chiefs will be uh, matching up. Um, yeah, <laughs> this could be a very wacky weather weather filled weekend of super wildcard football on the team sports network. <laughs> 65 miles an hour winds. Ooh. Yeah, you're not kicking, you're not kicking in that in those conditions. Tough throw the football. It's it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be tough. All right, 924. Coming up next, our picks. Also have four down territory and this day in sports history. So still a lot to get to on the program. And uh got your picks for Super Wildcard Weekend. You can send those to us as well on uh, the team line, 970-242-1340. Take a break and come back with more. It's the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. First of all, it's hilarious. Warp twisted individuals. Yes. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. All right, a lot going on here with the announcement that uh, they're moving the Mesa games to earlier today. I'm assuming probably has something to do with the weather up at uh, Shannon, Nebraska. So our coverage will start at 4.15 today. And uh, Dave Collins, by the way, doing the games for us, just emailed me to confirm that. So uh, 4.15 for the women's pregame today, and the men will tip around 6.30 tonight. All right, so we hope to have the Pope here in just a couple minutes to uh, talk about or to give us his picks, I should say, for a wildcard weekend. Also, get his thoughts, too, about wildcard weekend. I just texted him, so hopefully he will uh, be available in the next few minutes. Because he's not hes not yet on his cruise yet, right? He's still... I don't believe so. That's not for another sometime or rather? Yeah, I, I don't think it's yet. I don't think it's happened yet or it's happening right now, but uh, perhaps... A lot going on. I can't, I mean, I can't blame him if it is. If cause... it is, that's fantastic if it is. All right, so 929. Uh, let's let's go ahead and jump into Fort Ann Territory this day in sports history, and that will we'll filibuster here a little bit. There we go. See if uh, if the Pope's going to call in or not. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into Four Down Territory. We're into Four Down Territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. <laughs> All right. Start things out with first down. Uh, Carmelo Anthony calls Denver Nuggets giving Nikola Jokic's number a petty maneuver. What? Yes. That uh, Carmelo Anthony was on his own 7 p.m. in Brooklyn podcast saying it wasn't like, oh, we got numbers to choose from. It was like, here you go. You've got 15. And y'all put Jokic in the middle of that, and he doesn't know what the bleep's going on. Jokic wore the number, by the way, when he played in Serbia. I was going to say. And by 2016, Carmelo Anthony was gone for six years after he demanded to be traded to New York. But Melo still thinks the Nuggets gave the Joker the number out of spite. What I believe is they gave him 15 to try to erase what I did 
I used to think about it. I don't think about this bleep no, no more. Though, because what's meant to be is meant to be. First of all, I th I seem to recall there was another Nuggets player after Melo, but before Joker that wore 15. I can't 100% place it. I don't know that for certain, but because I saw that's a, not impossible. Because I saw a meme that showed Melo in a Knicks uniform going up against his former team and whoever was whoever he was posting up against was not Nikola Jokic nor Carmelo Anthony but was a Nuggets player wearing 15 and the the caption read Melo must have been ticked except he didn't say ticked it said the other one but I don't know come on Melo come on what are you doing what are you doing you wanted out of there. You wanted gone. You wanted gone. You wanted to go back to New York. You wanted to leave Denver. You're unhappy with with how the, they were constructing the roster. You, you you didn't want to be a Denver Nugget anymore. So you you can't you can't sit here and whine about. Well, they they made him take that number. Well, he wore the number already. <sighs> that that sounds petty to me. What it's he's saying extremely. Anybody's petty, it's yeah. him. Pot, this is kettle, oh, you're black. Anthony you know? Randolph wore the number after Carmelo Anthony, by the way. Before, there you go. Before Nicole Jokic. Notice how he's not saying the same thing about Anthony Randolph. You haven't heard the Birdman, Chris Anderson, screaming about that they gave 15 to Jokic because he wore 15. <laughs> Come on, Melo. You wanted out of there. You wanted to be traded. And so they gave you. They gave you exactly give, what you wanted. How dare they give Nikola Jokic the number that he wore previously? How dare they? How uh, dare you? Second down. Raiders are going to mess around and screw this up with Antonio Pierce because f around and find out <laughs> exactly. Ding ding ding. Antonio Pierce will interview for the Tennessee Titans job this Ooh. weekend. Though he's still a candidate for the Raiders job. He's interviewing for other jobs. They're going to mess around, and Mark Davis is going to screw this up with Antonio Pierce. And as a Broncos fan, I couldn't be happier. Yeah. Good for them. All right, third down. MLB.com, I don't know if you caught this. They have an article predicting the next 10 World Series winners. Do you know who they predict will be the 2033 World Series champions? Not the Rockies. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Really? Your 2033 World Series champions, Colorado Rockies, over the Los Angeles Angels is who they predict. So start planning the parade, uh, boys and for, girls. For 2033. Your Colorado Rockies are back in 2033 when I will be almost 40 years old. Oh. Anyway. I'm not even going to say how old I'll be. It's fine. Uh, fourth down, the Athletic uh, has reporting, reporting that Mel Tucker's appeal in his case of sexual harassment investigation in Michigan State, the appeal has been denied. The case is now 100% closed at Michigan State. Couldn't have happened to a better person. No doubt. Hope the guy never coaches again. Never, ever. All right, 934. And... Um, We'll go ahead and do uh, this day in sports history. 
That's the story of the greatest sport moment in all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. All right, 1958, Dolph Shays, the father of one-time nugget Danny Shays. Did he wear 15 too? <laughs> make Mellow mad? No, he didn't. Uh, Dolph Shays of the Syracuse National sets an NBA record for career points and a 135-109 to win over the Pistons. Shays scores 23 points to bring his career mark to 11,770, breaking the record of 11,764 held by George Mike, in 1958, the NCAA Rules Committee makes the first change in football scoring rules since 1912 by adding the two-point conversion. Also, 1960, another Dolph Shays moment becomes the first player in league history to score 15,000 career points. Uh, 1975, Pittsburgh Steelers shut down the Minnesota Vikings offense to win the Super Bowl, handing the Vikings their third Super Bowl defeat, losing 16 to six and on this day 2008 tom brady completes all but two of his 28 passes to lead new england to its second straight afc championship game with a 31 to 21 over the jacksonville jaguars patriots improved to 17 and 0 matching the 72 dolphins the only team to go unbeaten from the first game of the season through the super bowl and uh final one on this day 2012 dwight howard breaks will chamberlain's nearly 50 year old nba record for most free throw attempts in a game making 21 of 39 in the magic's win over golden state all right let's go ahead and uh hop into the pick so since pd is not calling in he will get the record of whoever finishes with the worst record of the weekend that's how that normally goes okay okay so sorry sorry pd unless you want to fire him off a text I was, and, I'll, what i'll do is i'll text him and and just say see if he responds because he's not responded to me so he might be on on his cruise so if he does not respond to you in a timely fashion, he gets... End of business day today. Yeah, he he will. gets the record of whoever finishes with the worst record. So what what was last week like for us? Uh, decent for some. Uh, national championship game. You and uh, I... Uh, no, you picked correctly. I did not. Uh, Petey got Michigan right. Okay. Rio did not pick Michigan, and it hurt him. Only in the sense that Rio picked the rest of his games correctly. Ah. So had he swallowed his pride uh, and picked Michigan, which he never would have, but if he had, for some odd reason, he would have gone 6-0. But he went 5-1, and one, you went 4-2, and two, Petey went 3-3, three and three, and I went 2-4. and four. Okay. So he wins the weekend. Rio... Buckeye boy wins the weekend. And he's back into first, is he not? That would be a uh, no, still tied for first. Oh, tied for first with me. Okay. Tied for first with you. Uh, Petey is in third place outright, and I am in the caboose. Okay, so for Buckeye, really good weekend. Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of the women. See, that's that's what hatred gets you. Hatred takes away chance to run the table. Takes, what happens? Takes the chance away to go perfect six and yeah. All right, so here we go. It's time for our football picks. Don't forget, by the way, get your picks in for Pile Pigskin Pick'em. We don't have weekly prizes, but all the all these games count toward winning that uh, Traeger Tailgater Grill from Fruit of Co-op Country and uh, one of those two gift cards from Play It Again Sports in the Valley Plaza. So do get your picks in. It's powered by Kissner Motors. We don't have a weekly prize, but once again, all the points count toward the overall uh, grand prizes that we have to give away. So go to the team1340.com to get your picks in now. Here we go. Welcome to the Team 
to another edition of Thunderdome! Yeah, that's right. All right, we are picking Super Wild Card Weekend games this week. Six on the docket, all of them on the Team Sports Network. We start Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. Versus CJ Stroud in Houston, the uh, home of the national championship game last week. Do we see a new champion rise in CJ Stroud, or do we see the return? of the unibrow Joe Flacco. Cleveland is a two and a half point favorite in this game. At Houston, I am going to take the Cleveland Browns and Buckeye Boy is taking his beloved Brownies. I'm going to go Browns as well. Okay. I, think, I think Ryan Harris made some really good points about the Texans and, and, and playing at home and Stroud's back and, and, and healthy. And then Flacco does have this tendency to throw some picks, but I, I just feel like there's kind of this team of destiny-ish thing about the Browns and the, right. the Flacco story. And I think it continues for another week. So I'm going to go with, uh, with the Browns in this one. All right. Next up, the Miami Dolphins at the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. Minus 30 degree wind chills. Travis Kelsey, who said he has no plans on retiring anytime soon. Will he... And the Chiefs advance, or will Tua Tagovailoa shock the world? Chiefs are a three and a half point favorite. Rio's taking the Chiefs, as am I. I am taking Kansas City. Yeah, I just think with whether it would be around zero degrees or colder, I, I just think it's. I think it's gonna be tough for the Dolphins to go in there. I really do. And so I'm, I'm gonna go with Kansas City Chiefs on this one. As much as I hate picking the Chiefs, but I like the Chiefs at home in this one. So guess what? Oh, did he finally call? He's finally in. He's ready okay. to go. You know, if you're one of the little darlings in District 51, <laughs> we have to call your parents <laughs> because you're late to class. So I'm glad you... I'm so I'm, sorry, y'all, man. I'm glad you could it's, show up today. It's, it's the retirement, man. Sleeping in, dude. It's a good thing. Wow. Fair enough. Wow. Rub, you're late and you're rubbing more salt into the wound. Good job, Petey. I'm so sorry. Good right. job. I'm so sorry. So, okay, we already picked. Petey, we'll, we'll catch you up. So. Okay, because you were on the okay. verge of getting the record of the, of the worst, whoever finished worst this weekend. So, we'll get That's you caught right. up. Okay, so, All right, Browns, well, Browns, Texans. Browns, Texans, Petey, Brown. who you got? Browns? Okay. Browns. All right, and then uh, Dolphins, Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs. All right. Okay. Uh, so now, and Jim, you said Chiefs too, right? That is an affirmative. Okay, moving on. The Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills. 65 mile per hour winds, one foot of snow in cold Buffalo. 10 points are the favorites for Buffalo. That's the spread. It might have gone down a little bit since uh, I last checked, but... When I first put this together, it was a 10-point Buffalo home favorite. I'm taking the Bills. Rio's taking the Bills. Petey, who you got? Absolutely going to go with those Buffalo Bills at home, man. Once again, Ryan Harris made some really good points. Dawkins is out at tackle. The, the neck problem for Josh Allen. The way Mason Rudolph's been playing. I, I just, you know, the, the weather, it's at Buffalo. I just, even with those things, 
Which also thing works against the Steelers, not having T.J. Watt. That really hurts. I, I like the Bills in this one at home. I think they, they get it done. I agree. Next up, don't have to worry about weather because this is in a dome and it's in the state of Texas. The Green Bay Packers at the Dallas Cowboys. Jordan Love v. Dak Prescott. Mike McCarthy faces his old team. We got a seven and a half point Dallas favorite. Rio and I are taking the Cowboys. Petey, who are you taking? Uh, I got the Cowboys, man. Dak Prescott's looking good the last couple of weeks. And they're great at home, by the way. The Cowboys yeah. are. Packers have won six of eight, though. Three in a row. Jordan Love's played really well. But I, I like the Packers. Yeah, I like the, excuse me, I like the Cowboys oh. at home. Give me the, you know, mm-hmm. I'm saying Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Almost slipped. I said Cowboys. I like the Freudian slip there, I maybe. Like, little Freudian thing going on. I huh? like the Cowboys. At home, where they've been dominant behind Dak and company. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? All right, up next, the return of the prodigal son, Matthew Stafford. The Los Angeles Rams going to the Detroit Lions to face Jared Goff and the fighting, biting kneecappers and Dan Campbell. Detroit, a three and a half point home favorite. Myself and Rio both taking the Lions. Petey, what say you? I'm going with the Lions at home, man, just because they're at home. State of Michigan, they are giddy right now. National championship in college football. The Lions win the NFC North. Stafford comes back to where it all started for him. I like the Lions in this one at home. I think it'll be a good football game. It'll be close, but I I like the Lions. I saw, by the way, that the uh, city of Detroit has uh, asked people to not wear their Detroit Matthew Stafford jerseys this weekend. So... (laughs) We shall see how that plays out. Last but not least, the Monday night wildcard game to wrap it all up. Philadelphia Eagles at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Will Baker Mayfield get the Bucks to the divisional or will the Eagles recapture the wind beneath their wings? Uh, I have the Philadelphia Eagles winning this one. Rio has the Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield. Petey, who you got? I'm going with the Bucks. He's just going Baker Mayfield because he used to be with the Browns. That's all. So you're going uh, with the Bucks? Uh, yeah. But I'm going to go with the Eagles. Ah, okay. Thanks, right. Bat Midler, by the way, for that uh, Wind Beneath Our Wings comment there. You're welcome, I think. Do you enjoy the full catalog of Bat Midler? Uh, yeah, no comment. Oh, wow. Okay. Going to Eagles. I, look, their secondary's banged up. I get it. Philadelphia's secondary is. But uh, or they're not very good, I should say. But Baker Mayfield's banged up right now. I don't think he's going to be healthy enough to really take full advantage of it. Give me the Eagles fly. Eagles fly into the next round. All right. Those are our picks. We are locked in, gentlemen. Good luck. All right. By the way, just a couple things. Don't forget all the games. Super Wildcard weekend on the team all weekend, all the way through Martin Luther King Jr. Day on Monday. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, also on MLK Day, uh, City Hall downtown for the MLK celebration, 3 o'clock, by the way. Then the walk over to... Uh, to uh, Colorado Mesa. Are you going to be there on Monday, aren't you, Petey? Uh, no, I will be in uh, Nassau, Bahamas on Monday. Oh, that's right. You're Now, next week is when you're on your cruise. Okay. We that's right. All right. Yeah, so we're leaving Sunday, and I'll be back. I won't be here next Friday. We don't get back till Friday evening. Okay. So I, I do want to uh, give Dave Combs a, a big tip of the hat, the job he always does with the MLK Dave celebration. He's a good dude. He's yeah, a really good Super dude. good guy. So... Uh, and he has a lot of people to help him with that, too. So, anyway, uh, but get your picks in for uh, Pile Pigskin Pick'em, powered by Kissner Motors. Go to our website, 
theteam1340.com for that. Hey, Petey, thank you so much. I'm glad you could finally show up today. Good job. Hey, thanks a lot, guys, for having me in. You guys have a great weekend. Enjoy you your too. cruise, Petey. All right, enjoy the cruise, Petey. All right, bye-bye. All right, take care. There he goes, the Pope. Disappearing a puff of smoke. All right, so it's uh, 947. Jim along with cake today. And uh, just a reminder, once again, they have moved the game times for Mesa basketball. Women tip it off at 4.30 today, the minute 6.30. So our coverage starts at 4.15 today. So uh, do keep that in mind. That's right here on the Team Sports Network. And then uh, Mesa basketball moves to KNZZ tomorrow for Colorado Christian. 4.45 pregame for that, at least at the moment. Now. <laughs> at the moment, that's the case. Uh, for the games at Colorado Christian tomorrow because we'll have all the wild card games uh, right here on the team tomorrow. All right, 947, we'll take a break and we'll come back and wrap things up on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. I'm the morning guy. I have a Facebook group, 16 members. Some call it a fan page, I don't know. Oh, hell yeah. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back, 951. Why'd Jeff play this song? Why? What this, is why? This song has been earworming me to death lately. <laughs> this first part. I mean, I, there, I've, a couple nights I've woke, I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Of course, old man bladder takes me to the bathroom. And then I, I come back to bed and I hear... Da, 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 it's a like, happy song, And I'm man. just like, I gotta go to sleep. I love the song. It's a great song. It, the bleachers, it, but it's like... It's, just, it's very earwormy. No, I get just, it been kicking my butt i just cannot get that particularly the first the first part of it with the with the sacks and everything you just can't escape it can you you can man thanks a lot now i'm gonna wake up at like three o'clock in the morning you're welcome listen to that song and say damn you franzen damn you sir how dare you how dare you all right time to open up the lid and hop in it's garbage time we're taking out the trash it's garbage time on the jim davis show on the team You said you had a couple things you wanted to open up with. Yeah, Stephen A. Smith's getting about just on my last nerve here. Uh, on first take today, the discussion, of course, who should replace Nick Saban at Alabama? Stephen A. Smith says, Coach Prime. Why? Uh, he's won four games. Oh, oh, uh, it gets better. It gets better because this was the quote. Stephen A. And I'm going to try to channel... Go ahead and be happy in Boulder, Colorado. God bless you. I was there twice in my life, and the only reason for that was him. Him being Deion Sanders. Right. So not only does Stephen A. want to get rid of the best thing that's happened to the CU football program since probably the hiring of Bill McCartney, he wants to now say that the only reason he would ever even step foot in Boulder, Colorado, is because of Coach Prime. What? Like, Boulder doesn't have anything? Look, I'm from Boulder. I know Boulder. Boulder's a great city. It has its ups and downs. Your software developer engineer that wears dreadlocks and makes $150,000 a year driving a Tesla. The city that brought us the phrase pet guardian. Pet guardian. <laughs> You Jeez, can, you're I'm just pet guardian. It still kills me. I'm sorry. Listen, that's so bolder. It's so on brand. It's totally yeah. on brand. But it's, you know, for all of its flaws, and I know their flaws because I lived there for most of my formidable years. 
It is a great city. Stephen A., don't you tell me that when you got to Boulder, you weren't at least a little bit taken aback by the beauty of it like Coach Prime was. No, because Tuscaloosa, Alabama is such a beautiful part of the country. Oh, it's just... Not, not to crack on the fine folks in Alabama. All due respect to our late colleague, Buffalo Bo- Mark. Bob- Bobby Sproul, our friend at Shelton State. and but, but the flat irons are the flat irons. Come on. Come on. Yeah. All yeah, right. Shut up, Stephen A. Come on. Yeah, come on. Charles Barkley, guy that's never been afraid to get his hands a little dirty. So they uh, they celebrated National Milk Day on uh, TNT's Inside the NBA. Oh, dear God. So they brought in a live ca- actual cow on live TV. Oh, dear God. And Chuck was the one that was the one they picked to milk it. And, I'm a dumbass. And apparently uh, Ernie Johnson was like, I didn't tell him how to milk it. And he goes, I know how to milk a damn cow, Ernie. You pull that little thing. Ernie, I know how to milk a damn He's cow. He's referring to the, the udder on the cow. Uh, he said he was prepared, but um, the show did have a professional cow handler on set to explain the intricacies involved in milking a cow. And then Barkley, well, it was turned to try his hand. I guess the other guys did too, literally. And then I guess he told her, hey, hey, calm down, Betsy. <laughs> the cow's name was actually Rosie. But uh, have you ever milked a cow? Nope. I, I can't I, say that I, I have. I have. I have milked a cow before. On a couple of occasions. And on that note, we'll be back with you on Tuesday. I'll be up. It'll be Cake and the Buckeye Boy on Tuesday. Enjoy the weekend.